Hello everybody and welcome to episode 28 of the Classic Rob podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. On this special St. Patrick's Day episode, we will be discussing all the best in Irish rock. Our hidden gems as usual with our lovely news features as well too. And my year in rock is 2018, which Matt will be taking us through. But... Our show would not be complete without my partner in crime, who this week has just found out that he had, could have qualified for the Irish football team in the 1980s when Absolutely. Jack Charlton yeah, when Jack Charlton was the manager. Here he is, Mr. 64th Irish person, 164th <laughs> Irish person, Mr. Matthew O'Shaughnessy O'Toole Murphy Rogers. Slauncha. <laughs> But I am actually one sixty fourth Irish. I think something like that. Anyway, on my mum's side, I've got a feeling my my aunt, my auntie Leslie, and my auntie Vicky who listen to this are probably. I'm not sure they listen actually, but they would be able to verify which part of me is uh, Irish. That'd be a um, sense of humour. Do you think so? <laughs> I do like Guinness as well. Does that? That's probably a part of it as well, isn't Absolutely. it? I suppose. Yeah, so it's St. Patrick's Day, Brian. Well, belated happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Brian, because you are Irish, of course. I, I, I am indeed, yes. Despite <laughs> the fact that you and, I, you and I were born in the same hospital. We oh. found out a few years ago, didn't we? So I, both Brian and I were born in North London. We North were indeed. London, uh, north of the river. In uh, Funny enough, where my daughter now lives, daughter, my daughter Georgia. Hello, Georgia. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Sam. <laughs> I always have to give them all a shout out. <laughs> Well, it's my birthday next month. I don't want to kind of like upset any of them, do I? Exactly. Um, Any excuse not to give dad a present. He left me on the podcast. Exactly. A bit bit, bit harsh, wouldn't it? Mm. So Brian and I were both born in the same hospital, uh, obviously a couple of years years apart. Um, And uh, it was the, well, it still is, the Whittington Hospital in... uh, In in North London. In fact, they got a blue blue plaque on the wall, Brian. Did you know that? What, for Um, me? Yeah, I got actually I got I got one at your university as well. Fifteen years this boy has spent here, <laughs> Brian Maley. I think that's, that's really nice because apparently you 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 hold the record for the longest time at uh, Sunderland. I, I, I would have, I would have, I would have, it would appear so based based mm. on your truth. <laughs> well, absolutely, I've been in touch with them, but it's true. I've verified it. Aye. So the secret site, the secret site, I was born in London. The Irish man yeah. who was born in London. I hope that hasn't upset anyone, of course. Uh, no, but, not know, at all. You are, you are what you are. I am, I am who I am. Um, Is that not what Gloria Gaynor said? I think so. But that, don't, hold that back for our, for those about to pop sister <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the 80s version or 70s version, whatever it is. Um, so on to so, the news. On to the news. <laughs> Um, well, I went to a gig last week. Actually. Uh, it was kind of um, it was kind of bittersweet experience, really. So I went to see, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was. I'll tell you why. Because I made a big faux pas at the end. I sh- you should never leave a gig early unless you really have to. <clears throat> now, okay. Yeah. So went to see Smith Cotson in Islington, and um, supported by Buckets. Rebel Heart, they were pretty good. Dave Bucket Colwell, they used to be a bad company. And also the excellent Dust Coda. They are good, aren't they? Great. Mm. Yeah, they were. You said they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. And they were good. Nice guys as well. Met them afterwards, bought an album, got them to sign it, um, and all that. But they were, they were very nice guys. Uh, 
that have been enjoy they've been enjoying the tour, which is good. Yeah, I mean, they're going to say that, aren't they? To be fair, but I'm sure they have been. Uh, and then the magnificent um, Smith Cotson, who were really good, and uh, but I had to catch a train, so I left before the end. And then as I was on the train home, I looked on Facebook, and our friend Eamon O'Neill, yep, who I met there, um, who was there. Hello, Eamon. Eamon. Um, he posted uh, Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden had, had come on stage and joined them for a couple of songs at the end. And I was quite, I was quite sort of <laughs> devastated at that because, you know, I've left a couple of gigs early and you, you always think, well, you know, so-and-so is not, it's not likely Jimmy Page is going to come on stage with yeah. him or, yeah. you know, Paul McCartney or whoever. I've seen pre- some pretty good kind of, we'd like to bring out, you know, the guys from Aerosmith with Bon Jovi or yeah. guys from Queen with the Foo Fighters. But I was quite, um, I was quite disappointed about that. So anyway, more for me. However, the most surreal thing all night was, um, so in these days of of social distancing, um, which is kind of still just about a thing, um, in Britain anyway, I was in the, I was, I was, I went to the loo, Uh saw Eamon on the way out, said hello to him, and I glimpsed Mick Box from Uriah Heap, also queuing to go to the loo, (laughs) which is quite surreal. And he was being grilled by people probably, you know, about the first album or something like that, you know. But I thought, that's a bit odd. That's Mick Box from Uriah Heep. In, well, I suppose everyone has to go to the loo, don't they? <laughs> anyway, so that, that was uh, a good gig, all the same. Oh, Smith Cotson. Talked about it in the last show. The dynamic between the pair of them, they're just having a ball. Um, yep, yep. And yeah. I, what, I, what I was, I mean, just brilliant guitarists, mm-hmm. especially Richie Cotson. Even, doesn't he use a pick, does he? Kind yeah. of plucks it and strums it and flicks it and all sorts. I mean, you can play the guitar a little bit, not very well, but you can play a little bit. Um, I mean, he's, you know, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's yeah. great. Good gig. Good gig. And if any, if they come around again, boys and girls, go and see Smith Cotton. They're yeah. really good value. Yeah. Um, what else is happening in the news, Brian? Well, I, I was at a gig. Uh, I really? went to a gig actually on St. Patrick's Day itself on the 17th oh, of March. You know? I did indeed. Hmm. I went to see the marvellous Simon McBride from Northern Ireland. I've seen him with uh, Snake Charmer. Yeah. Uh, we saw him at, at Ramleman. Simon's a great guitar player. Um, he was playing in Bannermans in Edinburgh, and he was he was fabulous. But I too made a faux pas during the gig. Oh, really? Yes, oh, no. I did. Um, mine was more. Mine was more of an internet Facebook faux pas, where mm. I thought I would. Uh, I thought I would give Simon a. Simon, a big thumbs up on 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 our page, on our Facebook very, page. Very kind of you. Yeah, it was. I thought Simon's doing a good gig. He's out in St. Patrick's Day, and I tagged mm. the wrong Simon McBride. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, it happens. But 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 the Simon McBride that replied back to us, he was very very nice and did and did comment that he he indeed still thought that Simon McBride was a very talented guitar player. So it, obviously it must, it must have happened to him on a number of occasions. But um, in all seriousness, um, Simon played an hour, a great hour and a half of music. He's got a new album coming out on uh, 27th of May, played quite a lot of tracks off it. Um, and uh, he sounded really good. Very rocky for a, just a nice, like, uh, classic uh trio rock trio and they were they were really good so i'll i'll, I'll be going out and buying that uh album mm. when it comes out in the really? 27th of may yeah oh, very very good, good. this yeah. is the real simon mcbride not your new friend they, he's, he's not got an album out 
It's just got that clear. Uh, uh, that's it's, it's, it's Simon McBride who plays with Don Airy and with um, with Ian Gillen's band on the old podcast. You know, we we uh, we uh, we quite often follow fashion. We talked in the past about uh, Terry Iommi's uh, fragrance, which I've not still not been able to get get hold of. To be honest with you, can't get hold of the old fragrance for love of money. Um, but um, what made me smile recently was Harry Styles. Late of One Direction, uh, got a solo career now. He has got a. I'll take a your fashion, word for it. A fashion <laughs> line. <laughs> Very nice guy, apparently. My daughter met him years ago in a in a in a milkshake. My daughter Georgia in a milkshake shop in North London. Funny enough, near okay. where you and I were born. Yes. I think. Anyway, um, so Harry Styles, late of One Direction, has um, I think I've said all this before, haven't I? But anyway, yeah. we carry on. Um, Harry Styles has got a new fashion line, which is nice, as you do. We should probably get a fashion line, should we, Brian? Black T-shirts, jeans, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Really? Um, so he's, no, he's got a, a beauty brand. We should get one of those as well. We should get a fashion and beauty brand, I think. Um, anyway, he's chosen the Fleetwood Mac legend, Mick Fleetwood, to be, his, to be the kind of face of his new beauty brand and he describes uh mick fleetwood as a magical man which he is he's quite a kind of he's a tall guy and he's and he's quite gonna be quite um it's gonna be quite an interesting choice and apparently you start how he stars called him the embodiment of pleasing pleasing being this new this new brand i thought that was amazing <laughs> of all the people in the world you choose mick fleetwood um, to sell so to all, sell your all, beauty brand Exactly, all six foot six of him, or whatever he is, seventy eight years older, whatever he is. I thought it was quite sweet. Uh, Mick's quite pleased. Mick Fleetwood, um, he's quite enjoyed it. So I think that's quite nice, quite interesting. Um, yeah. So there's there's the latest in our on running series of fashion related items, <laughs> <laughs> fashion and beauty. Fashion. <laughs> this is Matt Rogers, fashion and beauty correspondent. That's about a pod we salute you podcast. Exactly. Well, we're going to have to, you know, you we're going to have to now get some avant-garde, you know, merchandising, maybe some earrings. Mm, we'll maybe, clip on. Maybe. I'm not in my ears, please. Exactly. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 maybe a clip on nose ring. Maybe we should get them. Branded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. Let's move on. Mm, so whilst, whilst Harry Styles has been... Uh, been busy beavering away recruiting Mick Fleetwood as his uh, model for pleasing. Mm. Um, our dear friends in Sheffield, although they don't live in Sheffield anymore, the boys, the no. boys from Leopard, the boys from Def Leopard, have have been cheekily been working away on their fifteenth album, Matt. And would you believe it? It's going to be released uh, later this year, called Diamond Star Halos. Mm. Which I'm yeah. quite surprised at because it's been what seven years since the self-titled um, Def Leppard album, which I loved. I thought it was a great album. Mm, you and, didn't you? Yeah, I thought it was great. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the single is out now, streaming called Kick. Um, yep. Very, very. It's got a very modern '70s T-Rex. Mott the Hoople kind of vibe to it in terms of the mm. song. But um, yes, looking forward to seeing the laps. Yeah, uh, album that'll be good whenever it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was quite a quite surprised that it's 
come out. They did tease it for one week or so. It made no secret of their influences from the early 70s, Bowie and, as you say, Motley Hoople and T-Rex and and so on, which is a, which was a great era. I mean, yes. I, I was only a child, but it was great. I mean, it was glam rock. That glam was music. glam rock, yes. Yeah, it really did sort of dominate the charts in those days, certainly in Britain. Um yeah, this should be interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And they're not, they've never been sort of scared to take a kind of a, a left turn, have they? No. Definitely. But, you know, Slang was uh, was an odd but good album. And then they've done those you know, different covers. Rock, I remember them doing Rock On by David Essex. That, that was, was an interesting yeah. choice. And it was all right, you know. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Def Leppard yeah. should be good. And um, hopefully we'll see them at some point. You know, it'd be nice to see them over here. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll be there. And in Def Leppard related news as well, too, which is which is my final bit of news mm. for this episode. Um, do you remember the band we went to see last year who I thought were absolutely fantastic in the, under, was it in the Cam- Underworld in Camden? It was indeed. Yep. Yeah. Vega. Vega have just released their cover version of Animal by Def Leppard. And it's no half bad. It's very, very good. Now, when mm. we've... When we saw the band, they they were very AOR melodic rock, sitting in that eighties, um, that lovely kind of eighties vibe of Def Leppard, and I think it was the either their Christmas party uh, they threw it in the set as a cover version just for the fans, etc. And they got such a great reaction from it that they've uh, they've recorded it and put it out on. So you can get listen to it on Spotify. I'll put it on the playlist. It's a great. Next vocals are just. Fantastic on it. So uh, there's Vega. Very good. Vega Very good. doing the leopard. That's all the news for me. Which is quite, it's quite a thing to do, isn't it? Take on Def Leppard. Yeah. I mean, not take them on, obviously, but, you know, take on a song. I wouldn't advocate, you know, anyone having a, a band-to-band fight. Um, or, although it has happened over the years. Um, but yeah, good on them. I look mm. for, they were good, weren't they, Vega? They were good. We like them. Uh, we like Vega. They were, they were in a way too good for that little venue, weren't they? They're just uh, that kind of like almost st- arena kind of style about them. Yeah, look out for Vega. I think we said that when we first saw them. Funny you should mention uh, Vega because do you remember when we saw them, they had uh, Revival Black on the bill with them. Yes. And uh, who are great. Uh, come from Liverpool, five piece. Uh, and they've got a new album coming out in uh, in May called Take You Out. Uh, they've got an excellent single out at the moment called Under the Light. Um, their first album and um, fronted by the excellent Dan Byrne, who's a brilliant singer. Also the singer with Mike Gray's band at the moment. And he does a fantastic job okay. um, and a uh, really, really good singer. Um, so you're looking forward to that. Um, you can buy it online or pre- pre-order it online now in various formats, which... Yeah. Uh, which I oh I should I should do really I, I don't think I went to the checkout I should do that go back and make sure I checked out when I was buying the album anyway um that was that was all from me new yep. news new music thank you very much and new fragrances and fashion indeed <laughs> yeah we'll have to work on that how are you getting on with those songs by the way that we're going to sell to Sony how's that going um oh, good it's it's, it's uh, it's going great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm working on some ideas. Okay, good. Well, get back to me. I'll get my people to talk to your people. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, last time. Yep. Last, last time, which was the, uh, the rock epic special. Epic. 
epic. You gave me the year 2018. I did indeed. It's only four years ago. I know. I went to loads of gigs. I did. (laughs) I did. It was a great year for, uh, it was a great year for gigs. Tough year for me, personally. Um, Yes. Yeah. But despite being diagnosed with cancer, I went to loads of gigs and bought loads of albums. So there you go. It's one way of dealing with it. Um, I'm all right now, by the the way, boys and girls, in case you're wondering. Before the letters flood in from all... It's 13 now, isn't it, Brian? 13. 13 of you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, 2018 was a good year. We went to loads of gigs, didn't we? Went to quite a few together. We did. That seems cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and it wasn't That's just it. festivals. We just didn't meet at the festival. No. And Yeah. I think my favourite gig of the year, before we get on to the albums, um, really enjoyed Europe and King Kate in Brighton. And to commemorate that fact, completely un, unrehearsed, is Brian's wearing a Europe T-shirt, one of 200 that he owns. <laughs> Europe T-shirts, that is, not T-shirts in general. Um, they were good. What was, that, what was that tour they were on? It was the, uh, uh, oh, what was it? Anyway, never mind, we'll come to that. Okay. Come back to that. Yeah, that was at the uh, excellent Brighton Dome, Brian. I've just um, looked at the T-shirt mat upside down. It's Walk the Earth. Walk the Earth. Of course it was, because you bought me a mug. I remember you bought me a mug, and I still use it. Good. Uh, it's, in my, it's in my collection of mugs, which is probably where it should sit. And I have John um, Norham's plectrum. Do you? Mm-hmm. How did you manage to get that? Do you not remember? Do you remember did you go up to him and, and uh, not really? No, no it's a bit, of a, bit the, of a blur that night. It, honest, it was a bit of a blur, but I, I, I did my usual, I did my usual nerdy thing at the end of the gig when, oh, when, when, right. when every when everybody starts to sidle out. All, all mm. the guitarist fans, we, uh, you know, everybody who wants to get, can you give me a set list? Can you? So yeah. I, I was the one of the roadies gave me John Norham's plectrum, which I have added to my collection. Oh, that was very nice. Yeah. They were great. Nice King King. My first time I saw King King, I thought yeah, King King excellent. were excellent. They were, they were, they, they, they were really, really good. Yeah. It's funny actually, because I, I, I remember meeting them outside. I think it was maybe before Europe came on. And uh, I said, to, oh, I heard on Planet Rock that you were, you're on tour in whatever it was, next March. And they said, oh, are we? Didn't, didn't know that. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> um, or something along those lines. Yeah, um, we also went to Ramley Man. And um, the festival was opened by a little band, do you remember, called Those Damn Crows? I believe that they were. I think it was a little bit early for me, was it not, Matthew? No, no, you were there. (laughs) Was I there? there? Because that was the time when I tried to get you to to go and play with another um, King's X fan. Do you remember? Oh, of course. We're in this big big tent. That's right. Because it was quite early in the day. It was packed. The whole festival kind of went in this best people that went in this went in this tent yeah. to watch those damn crows who had a meteoric rise over the last couple of years that was the era of their first album uh, The Murder and the Motive which I'll come to in a minute yeah. um, and there was a guy just over to our left <laughs> wearing a King's X t-shirt and I said Brian, Brian go talk to him he's a King's X fan as well go, 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 go. And, uh, and he didn't yes which was a bit disappointing <laughs> anyway, rambling man um uh, also went to see Night Ranger uh, with Skid Row. That was an interesting double bill. Um, 
Never seen. I've never seen either band. Never seen Skid Row. I've never seen Night Night. Well, Night Ranger. Night Night Ranger, who I love, but their usual extensive. Let me just guess. Their usual extensive UK tour is usually one night at the Shepherd's Bush Empire, which suits me down to the ground. Thank you very much. <laughs> not oh, so, so much. When- not so much the podcaster in the north. <laughs> no, I mean I'll have a word with him, but I can't promise anything. That's. Um, I also went to see the Foo Fighters with uh, Kelvin, the uh, social media guy. Oh, okay. Uh, if that is indeed his real name. No, his real name is Kelvin. Kelvin, the social media guy. That's his full name. He's had to change it by deed poll just for this <laughs> podcast, which I, I think is nice. But to see the Foo Fighters at Lon- the London Stadium, of course. I'm not sure if they played anywhere in the rest of the UK, but they certainly played London because I went to see them. That yes. was good. Yeah. Um, I went to see Saxon with FM. And uh, Wayward Sons. Again, an interesting kind of mix of bands. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Saxon and FM. It is strange, a strange mix. <laughs> Saxon being very metal and FM being kind of very... Melodic. You know, AOR. But uh, it worked all the same. Shine Down, I went to see. I went to see the Magpie Salute. <gasps> yeah, it was a really bumpy. They were good. Sort of in Norwich, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, all places. And the waterfront in Norwich. You, you know the Magpie Salute, do you, Brian? They may they may feature in my albums for 2018 if we get round to di- when we when we get round to discussing them. Oh, possibly, yeah, we we will. We'll do that now, actually. So album wise, <laughs> oh no, it's, good segue, good segue, Brian. Album wise, I mentioned um, I mentioned the fact that those damn crows had the Murder and the Motive out, the debut album. Which is excellent. I mean, it's every song is a is a great song. Tick the highlights, Blink of an Eye, um, Someone Someday, and of course the the modern rock out anthem of Rock and Roll Ain't Dead, which uh, has become their kind of uh, encore sing along song. Um, Judas Priest put out Firepower, which is a which is a great album, <laughs> very metal. There's some great songs in it. My particular favourite, it's quite a slow song, actually, Children of the Sun. So, um, and, and I remember during that era, we couldn't stop singing that in our car. Uh, well, obviously not my wife, but my, <laughs> me and Sam, Sam and I were singing Children of the Sun quite often. Um, the Temperance Movement put out The Deeper Cut. Mm. Hopefully not their last album. They've been, um, they lost Phil Campbell, their singer, uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, moved on and um, haven't replaced him. So hopefully they'll come back. But um, yeah, Deeper Cut by the Temperance Movement. Excellent album. Um, standout songs, things like Caught in the Middle, um, Deep, the, the Deeper Cut, the, the title song itself, uh, Backwater Zoo. I mean, it's a great, great quality album by the Temperance Movement. Did I ever tell you I, t- I met the Temperance Movement on a plane once? No. Did I tell you this story? No. They were playing, well, I was going to Marrakesh in Morocco to see them, as you do. And I happened to be on the same plane as, as them at the time. And I was going to the toilet on the plane, <laughs> uh, you know, going up the aisle towards the, towards the, 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 you know, the toilet, the bathroom. And uh, out comes the drummer from the Temperance Movement. And you know me, I'm normally very cool around uh, rock stars, you know, very cool. I asked John Law about the time he met Steve Harris, of course, so it was very, very cool. But this time I wasn't. And all I could bring myself to say was, have a good flight. And that was it. 
Have a good flight. What does that mean? I hope your flight doesn't crash. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, David Wilson, who was the drummer then. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that, that's just my little kind of side story about when I met the drummer from the Timbersman coming out of a But you made him feel a like a rock star then. You made him feel like a rock star because, you know. I've been wishing him have a good flight. Well, I've been feeling all, I've been getting all kind of starstruck. Yes, exactly. Hello, have a good flight. Hello. Um, anyway, where were we? Uh, albums wise. Uh, and then finally, um, the magnificent, everyone's favourite, Miles Kennedy, put out his first solo album in uh, 2018. Yep. The Year of the Tiger, which is essentially is a kind of a. I suppose a, a tribute or an homage to his sadly departed father. But some good songs on that. The title track itself is good, Haunted by Design, The Great Beyond. He's brilliant. We love Miles Kennedy on this podcast. And everyone should love Miles Kennedy. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and um, that album is well worth a listen, The Year of the Tiger. Um, so that was it. It was a good year for albums and gigs, obviously, Brian. Yeah. Despite everything. Despite everything, Despite me having no hair, I, you did. I, I have to say, same. exactly. You, you, you were, you were, uh, you, you were a trooper during oh, Ramble. You. you were a trooper during Rambling Man because you, you, uh, you tried and you, you stayed and watched as many of the bands as you could. It's interesting you mentioned Miles um, because Miles he was there, wasn't he? Miles played the Outlaw stage, and when mm. I th- when I think of I I think of three three incidents. Or three magical moments during uh, during <laughs> Rambling Man eighteen. Oh yeah. Um, first one is seeing Miles. Well, I feel this is going to be embarrassing for someone on this podcast. <laughs> could, 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 could well be. <laughs> could, be. <laughs> could well be. Let, let's let's deal with the positive ones first. <laughs> let's do the rock and roll ones. So I do remember mm. sitting at the Outlaw stage watching Miles with his acoustic guitar. Um, just singing and playing for the people. It was a, just, he played a tea time set That's and right. he was just fabulous. And he was just so humble, nice, played some, played, uh, I think he played like Iron Maiden's A Tripper and stuff. And he was he just, did. he was just, he was brilliant. Um, I remember watching Steel Panther come on as special oh, guests. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I honestly, I've never been at a gig where I've cried with laughter um, where they got so many people up on stage um, for a particular song, which um, um, I won't sure, mention we the title. Mention, we'll, mention, yeah. we'll, we'll mention the title. And then they did a brilliant cover version of Crazy Train by mm. Ozzy Osbourne. And do you remember this? Do you remember the singer from Steel Panther? He went and changed out of his out of his out of his glam rock material. Put the black put the black sort of Aussie top on. And he had Aussie's mannerisms down to the T. Mm. You know the t- way in which Aussie sort of constantly takes the mic off the microphone stand and puts mm. it back. Mm. It mm. was it was comedic, exactly. It was comedy genius. Absolutely. Um, but the um, uh, let's go to the third memory was uh, uh, and, and this involves Kelvin the media guy. Oh really? <laughs> Kelvin, um, Kelvin, the social media guy. So, his full name. Uh, so, yeah, Kelvin, the social media guy. Mm. Um, I, yeah, it was a good year. Very good year, Brian. Good year for music. Yep. Good year for gigs and albums. So next time, yep. you will be 
pleased to hear <laughs> that I've assigned you with a year from the 90s. Fabulous. Hmm. But you know what I'm going to ask you, of course, when, I, when I've told you the year is 1993, where were you in the university kind of life cycle of your 15 years then? I was, year, first, I was year, genuinely, I was, I was genuinely graduating. Really? Yes. 1993. Oh. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, fair enough. <laughs> it's, it says it on the blue plaque. How does it? At the, at the university. Brian Mayley, 15 years here. He eventually graduated in 1993. Um, oh, very good. But 1993 next year for you, next year. So, 19, so 1993 for you next time. Thank you. Young Brian. Thank you very much. So, mm. recently, that last week, it was... St. Patrick's Day, every American's favourite holiday. <laughs> <laughs> as well as Thanksgiving and the 4th of July, of course. Um, St. Patrick's Day. Did you celebrate? Oh, you went to see Simon McBride, of course. I went in, to see Simon McBride and I had a little a little pint of Guinness, as you always do, mm. for I always do on St. Patrick's Day, have a little Guinness, and got Very to good. see some live music from a great Irish guitar player. There you go. Yeah. My wife went to a St. Patrick's night uh, Event. She had Guinness for the first time, actually, funny enough. She quite liked it. On first go? Gosh, she does I well. Usually, usually the first time anybody has Guinness, they go, really? Ugh. Yeah, so it's an acquired taste, isn't mm, it? But she it seemed to acquire it quite quickly. But that's my wife for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day last week, we thought it'd be a nice idea to discuss the best of Irish. The best groups, in our opinion, of course. Yeah. Be interested to know, of course, what our 13 listeners think. Uh, the best singer, the best guitarist that's come out of the Emerald Isle. Oh, no, that's not and, fair. <laughs> of course, the best album, in our opinion, by an Irish artist. Okay. Artist, see. So... They still call it the Emerald, Emerald Isle because it is very green. Whenever I've been, I've noticed how green it is. But it isn't any more green than, let's say, Kent, is it really? <laughs> I mean, do you look at, if you look at Ireland from space, does it look more green than, than anywhere else in the world, I wonder? Um, <laughs> probably not. So, Brian. <coughs> yes. The best Irish groups there's a lot to choose from, isn't there? You Just, kind of yeah. look across the genre. Yeah. What, what do you think? There's loads. <laughs> there is a lot. Well, what we, we get, what we get, what we get. Let's get the obvious ones out of the way. Go on, then. Lizzie. Lizzie who? <laughs> Lizzie Borden. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, Thin Lizzie. Thin Lizzie. Thin my, Lizzie. My first love. My first love. Thin Lizzie. They were true, and to be fair, when they first started, they were truly Irish, weren't they? Uh, Eric Bell, Brian Downey, and Phil Lynott, of course, yes. were all Irish. But they obviously kind of slightly diluted the Irishness going going forward. Yes, um, but um, they were fully fledged Irishmen back then, weren't they? Back in the early, was it late sixties? They started early seventies. Yeah, I think it was six. I think it was nineteen sixty nine. Was they when when Lizzie first got together as the three pieces? You say, yeah, yeah. I yeah. start off with Thin Lizzie. I, I Thin Lizzie. There you go. <laughs> Boom. End, good, of, this, end good, of show. It's a good choice. 
Yeah. Uh, but they they started off as quite a folky band, quite acoustic in bits. Yeah. 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 You could say the same for the Mama's Boys. <laughs> oh, yes. Do you Good remember segue. Oh, I love Yeah. They uh, three brothers, weren't they, originally? Yes. John, Pat, and Tommy. Mm. McManus. Sadly, uh, Mama's Boys as a trio are no longer with us because uh, we, we lost Tommy McManus uh, a number of years ago to leukemia, mm. unfortunately. Um, yeah, so it was very sad. He was only 28, wasn't he? Bless he him. was, he was. Um, but Mama's Boys, I was lucky enough to see Mama's Boys in the clubs in Northern Ireland when they first got started. Um, and they were great. And as you say, there, there was... There was the, you know, Pat McManus as a guitar player also was a great fiddle player as well too. Um, so he would he would play, you know, tr- traditional fiddle and, and a number of songs. And when Mama's Boys split up, um, obviously after Tommy passed away, um, John and Pat put together, it was kind of like a, a new age Irish, a bit like the clanid Enya type mm sort of uh, with low whistles and stuff called Celtus. And I loved Celtus. Mm. Um, got a lot of playing radio too. <laughs> That's oh, all. Really? <laughs> it was very, very good. But Mama, Mama's Boys are great. Pat McManus, I'm gutted, has just been playing in Scotland within the last week, Matt, and I missed it. I missed yes, Pat McManus. Right. But he plays oh, really? a lot. Yeah, Matt, um, uh, Pat plays a lot. Um, but no, Mama's Boys great. I th- if anybody wants to check out Mama's Boys at their height, um, Mama's Boys did a set at the Return to Menebworth Fair in 1985, That's and right. I remember what I remember listening to it on the Friday Rock Show, and they played, they played the Mama's Boys set, and Mama's Boys were really early on in the bill, and they were phenomenal, brilliant three piece. So yeah, Needle in the Groove, of course, was their uh, Needle in the Groove was their hit, wasn't it? It oh, which was is a yeah. great song. Yeah, still sounds good now, all these years later. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite Irish bands, if I may have the floor for a minute, is The Answer. Um, great band out of your part of the world, out of Northern Ireland, not yep. from North London. They're from Northern Ireland. <laughs> um, <laughs> they uh, excellent, fronted by. Um, the excellent Cormac Neeson. And uh, we've seen Solo as well. Brilliant, brilliant singer. Um, fantastic singer. They were one of those bands in the uh, in the 2000s, uh, formerly in the year 2000, actually. And they, they, you would see them quite often as, as uh, festivals. I think we saw them at probably that High Voltage Festival. We did. Uh, probably, I think they played at Ramblin' Man. They were, they were the kind of perennial opening act. Saw them headline a few years ago on the uh, Solis album, tour which is a great great song in itself the, uh, the song solace uh, from that album um with the dead daisies which was a strange kind of mm. you know coupling mm. i suppose you could say but yeah i saw them with ac dc with paul rogers uh with you know, numerous other people as the opening act but great great four piece great great band i was planet they were one of the bands when i started to get into planet rock and we were listening to planet rock they really championed um the answer and it wasn't really till we saw um, the answer at high voltage that I got them as a live act, and I really impressed with Cormac's Cormac's vocal. Mm. Um, as you say, I'm, I'm not really sure what the status of the answer is these days. No, um, me neither. But but um, Cormac obviously does his very uh, 
he does his own solo shows, but he actually gets together once, I think it's once a year with Pat McManus. Is that and, right? Yeah, they play They play in a in a club. Um, Eamon, Eamon will know this place. <coughs> he, it's, it's in the, it's called the Diamond Rock Club. And they get they get loads of great artists um, like Eric Martin, um, Danny Vaughan from Taiketo. When 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 people come over to do like like solo acoustic shows, they'll go to a hochel and play the Diamond Rock Rock Club, and uh, they, there's a Diamond Rock Club All Stars band which Cormac sings in. Pat McManus plays guitar, and they get. They get like a few of their friends from other bands, and it's just cover versions. So doing like "All Right Now" and "Sweet Home Alabama" and "Tush," wow. it's it's supposedly a great great gig. So Carmack Carmack sings with Pat. That's that's really good. No answer. Great great band. Great singer. We can't not mention you two, of course. No. Probably um, Ireland's biggest musical export by by some distance, I would suggest. I, I would agree. I mean, do you know what? I would. I, I want to agree with you, but there's part of me that's going somebody like Enya, probably. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to check that one out. Um, but certainly massive. I mean, huge. Yes. Uh, from their sort of formation in Dublin in the uh, mid seventies. Yeah. True to kind of like you know world conquering. I've seen them a few times, mm-hmm. and they do put on a massive show. Um, and uh, I think I said, um, you know, previously, I, I went and saw them, went and saw them on the um, Joshua Tree tour in the middle weekend in my finals. I was only at university for four years, Brian, by the way, um, a mere four years. And in the middle weekend, I went to see um, you too, as you do. As you do. Taking your, taking your exams seriously <laughs> and all that. But yeah, I mean, huge, huge, huge band, of course. And still driving forward. You know, now and again, they put out a, they... In twenty, I think in twenty eighteen, they put out the songs of experience, uh, which would have been an album I, I enjoyed. I thought I thought it was pretty good. Wouldn't have made my best albums of twenty eighteen, but they were putting out. They they continue to put out new material. So yeah, you you can't Absolutely. put the best of Irish without you too. So, any other groups that you want to mention to? Well, our thirteen listeners. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few bands in Ireland, which were massive in Ireland, but never really translated. Um, hmm. And I'll, I'll chuck out a couple of the bands. So um, first off, um, for some, the people's guitarist of Ireland, we have to mention Rory Gallagher. Rory Gallagher for many is the one of the greatest live performers of all time. Um, I Sadly, I never got to see Rory. Rory passed away um, uh, at the age of 47. Um, hmm. um, but um, one of the greatest guitarists. And if you were to speak to um, Vivian Campbell. Um, Vivian would talk about his two major influences as as Rory and Gary Moore. Um, so I have to mention Rory. I would say to everybody, go and listen to the Live in Europe album. It is just Rory is best. Um, a, a band, a band that started out nineteen eighty eight, Dublin band. So as <coughs> uh, so Aslan were a Dublin Dublin based band. Um, they really they released an album. They're massive back home. Um, they released their debut album, Feel No Feel No Shame, and I'm going to stick um, the opening track on the playlist called Loving Me Lately. Matt, listen to it and let me know what you think. So the, Aslan mm-hmm. were a great great band. Yeah. How about you? Excellent. Any more? Uh, well, just honourable mentions to um, 
Boomtown Rats, of course, who uh, did a huge amount for uh, for Irish music in the in the late seventies. As did Stiff Little Fingers, of course. Um, I think it's still going strong, fronted by Jake Burns. Yes, um, and we're you know really at the forefront of that kind of good quality punk, I would say, punk rock yeah. uh, kind of movement. The undertones, of course, ditto. You know, everyone knows my perfect cousin and Teenage Kicks and, you know, that that sort of golden era for them in the late 70s, of course. Uh-huh. And I defy any any pub cover band <laughs> to tell us if they've never played. I mean, everyone's always played Teenage Kicks. <laughs> it's, only, it's only like three chords. Even you could play it, Brian. I, I, um, yes, and have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, that's it, that's it for me. Um, so we did, we touched on a couple of guitarists. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Ireland has, has produced some, uh, some absolute legends, uh, on, on the old, uh, on the old six string razor, of course, <laughs> that's what us guitarists call it, Brian. I think I call it that anyway. Um, on the old, the old guitar, um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, um, the great Rory Gallagher, of course. Yes. Um, just kind of the embodiment, I suppose, of that Irish kind of rock. I mean, quite unique in his style and yeah. his look and the, the, you know, the, the type of music he produced. But, you know, huge, as you say, hugely influential and sadly died very young, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you, there's not many, when you, when you talk to players like Gary Moore, and I know Gary's no longer with us, mm. I don't think Gary Moore was easily impressed by guitar players. Mm. And you know, even in the Eddie, and even in the Eddies in the in the shred periods, you know, the Ingwie Malmsteins and and Eddie Van Halen period period of of guitar, you know, I think Gary Gary would have gone, yeah, that's you know, they're good at what mm. they do. But if you were to speak to if you were to speak to Gary Moore about Rory Gallagher and how his conviction to playing, and and when he hit the stage, it was like take no prisoners. If you were to Speak to Vivian Campbell. Vivian Campbell would say exactly the same. It was, it was, it was. Once Rory hit the stage, it was like you know, untouchable. Yeah, um, and yeah. he would. And there were stories. So the, I, I've read a, I've read a number of books. Um, Jerry McAvoy, <clears throat> who was his bass player for over twenty years. It's a great book, Riding Shotgun. And Rory, Rory, it seemed to be. That, have this picture in the 70s you know you mentioned about the answer being that band that played mm. band that went around all of the um the concert scene as a support band it seemed to be that rory just seemed to be in a tour bus in the 70s and there was times whenever a festival was on and they lost the rolling stones as the headline act and then it would be give rory a call and see if he's and he would just he would just come in and mm. just you know, he would save the day. Rory saves the day. So yeah, no, Rory, Rory is up there as, um, you know, one of the best. Yeah, one of the best. And you mentioned two of the other uh, the other greats as well, of course. Uh, Gary Moore, just a phenomenal talent, yeah. and uh, Vivian Campbell, who we've mentioned, I think we mentioned once or twice on this podcast, and with the great Vivian Campbell, responsible more for big riffs than um, necessarily is uh, is soloing, but still a magnificent guitar player, as was. As you say, they're sadly no longer with us. Gary Moore, of course. Yeah. Um, so on YouTube, there's a fantastic clip of him doing Back on the Streets, which is probably my favourite uh, Gary Moore song with an all-star band, Cozy Powell, Don Airy, Phil Linnett's in it. 
Um, I think Scott Gorham's there as well. Yes, indeed, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just. Did I say Cozy Powers on drums? Magnificent. Uh-huh. Just a great album from that. From that, sorry, great song from that album of the same name. I think back on the streets yeah, from yeah. about '79 or something like that. Yeah. Um, honorable mention to Bernie Torme, of course. Um, ah, good choice. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, he so, so forgotten, he, isn't he? He's absolutely. so forgotten. Ubiquitous. Uh, Bernie Bernie Torme was with um, was with Gillen yeah in the early eighties and then formed his own band. They were called the Electric Gypsies. But he had that very kind of um, sort of characteristic style about him. Sadly, died a couple of years ago, Bernie Torme. But as you say, they're probably one of the forgotten guitarists of of Irish rock. I would suggest. Hence, hence I felt the need to give him. I think that you know that is mention. so. Uh, that's such a good show because um, he. He he was the first guitarist to replace Randy Rhodes. That's right. Indeed, good knowledge. Yeah. You should do a podcast about music. <laughs> You'd be good at that. Because um, of course he was, wasn't he? That was a strange... I, was, I, re- I remember that at the time. It was a strange... Bernie Tallway? Okay. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and he... Uh, and, and I don't think, you know... Um, I just don't think he... I, I don't... From a style... I just don't think the... Aussie was playing Madison Square Gardens. He was, you know, mm. he was a, he was a big um, arena filling uh, juggernaut of a of a band, and mm. obviously um, he didn't stay in the band that long. And then Brad Gillis was drafted right. in from Night Ranger. Yeah, and I just think I just think it was the um, right guy, wrong band type. Th- you know, Bernie's mm. amazing player. Some of his Gillen stuff is just phenomenal. Um, yeah. But he just the Aussie gig was not his, and and he, he never gets much of a in the history of the Aussie Osborne bands. He, he he's very much a footnote, and you have to for somebody to come in and try and learn that material in such a Absolutely. short space of time, and 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 have to bow out be, for whatever reasons. Uh, he, he was he obviously amazing guitar player to be even considered as a Indeed. as a replacement for that's a great so Bernie Tormy. There you go. <sighs> I need to burn me. Go. Irish, I'm going to burn my Irish passport after that, Matt. I've let myself okay. down. <laughs> I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do that, Brian. That's a bit drastic. Be okay. You're still a fully fledged Irishman. Don't worry about that. Um, so that was that was guitarists. So Irish singers. We we touched upon a, a couple, and I've got a couple up my sleeve that you like. Um, we mentioned Cormac Neeson, who's magnificent, fantastic singer. And um, as you said, the answer have done some great stuff. Under the Sky, I'm just going to try a few songs. Uh, uh, Come Follow Me, On and On. Oh, what a singer. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And a really nice guy. I met him a few years ago at Planet Rock thing. A really, really charming fella as well. Um, I'm also going to mention Robin McCauley. Oh, you who uh, I think we touched on it last time. I, was, I went to saw the uh, Radio in the Rock Vault in Vegas in... 2013 and um he was uh he was there with on the in the band and he's he's still got the chops and again we saw him i think on that uh michael schenker three singer uh three singer kind of tour with graham bonnet and gary barden and he's just you know he's he's he just still looks the part sounds great one of those singers that we talked about his voice hasn't really deteriorated as he gets older yeah so robin mccauley i'm just going to throw Throw Robin in anything from his Michael Schenker era. Um, Sorry, Macaulay, Macaulay Schenker. Macaulay Schenker, all, all hair extensions and, um, and naming conventions. 
There you go. There's, there's the latest, there's the title for the new album. Yeah. Hair extensions and naming conventions. Um, over to you, Brian. Favorite favorite Irish singers? Uh, well, oh gosh. Uh, I I don't think this man gets enough praise as a singer. Uh, and I know it sounds. Um, we've talked about the band. Bono as a singer. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you saw Bono. Uh, you saw Bono at U2's peak, yeah. and and. In 1987 on the Joshua, Joshua Tree Tour, I remember an interview the next year. And at the time, obviously, Joe Elliott was, and Def Leppard were riding high with uh, with Hysteria at the time. And if you were to talk to Joe Elliott in 1988, he would have said his favourite singer in the world was Bono. And he would have gone, there's things that that guy does with his voice that I just can't do. I know, I know, um, yeah. Um, so so I, I, can't, I can't go past when it comes to singers, uh, mentioning, uh, mentioning Bono, I do have to, for all of the bravado as well too, of, of the, of the leather trousers and the, the black, uh, black mirrored pick, uh, pick guarded bass guitar, oh. uh, Phil in it himself yeah, uh, absolutely. as a singer, you know, there's not many, there's not many, some singers are great ballad singers and some singers are great rock singers. And pop singers, Phil had the ability to be able to, to 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 do to go across genres. He could do us, you know, still in love with you, to the rocker, to jailbreak, to don't believe a word, fast version or slow version. You know, um, a, a very multifaceted singer. Um, so there, there's two off the bat for Absolutely. me in terms of great singers. And I'm I'm oh, go ahead, sorry. And and Fergal Sharkey. From, mm. uh, from the undertones, um, you know, you, you know, the, for a lot of people, the perfect pop song, um, Teenage Kicks, but when he went and did his solo career, the big, 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 uh, single that he, that he put out in the mid eighties, you know, Good Hearts written by Maria McKee, produced by Dave Ed- and it mm. wasn't by Dave Edmonds, it was by Dave A. Stewart from the Rhythmics, but you listen to that and you listen to Fergal singing in that, he, mm. very, very, um, accomplished singer. Absolutely. And now he's a, I think he's an environmental campaigner now uh, and good on him. Yeah. Um, and finally, you mentioned um, Thin Lizzy earlier. And I'm just going to throw in one of my favourite singers. I've really only discovered in the last 10 or 15 years is Ricky Warwick. Um, yeah. Uh, who has been um, a bit like uh, Miles Kennedy, actually hugely pr- prolific in terms of the projects he's involved in. Uh, singer and front man of the Black, Black Star Riders that we've talked about who are just about to release their fifth studio album, I think, Brian. Yeah. He's done several solo albums, um, always with that kind of autobiographical tin, yeah. tinge, which I like. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's excellent. I met, him, I, I met him at a meet and greet. I don't think he was particularly, you know, on form that night, but um, nice guy, all the same, and great singer and good front man. And um, I'm just going to finish on. Ricky Warwick from uh, well, the Almighty and Solo and and um, as we said, Black Star Riders. <clears throat> so that, anyway, that was the uh, the best singers. Yes. So finally, the best album by an Irish act. What you got for us, Brian? Go on. Uh, Go for it. Oh gosh. Uh, best uh, best Irish man. I have to start at the top. Um, maybe slight, slight, well, do you know what I'll just say? I think the best album ever made by an Irish band is Achtung Baby by U2. Mm, good choice. 
It's an interesting choice. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to go with you two as well, actually, because in 1986-7, the Joshua Tree basically ruled my, was the soundtrack of that era yeah. of my life and a magnificent album. Just every song uh, is just absolutely, you know, running to stand still where the streets have no name in God's country. I mean, just put, you could just put the whole album. Yeah. Just everyone go and listen to the Joshua Tree again. Yeah. 30, whatever it is, years on, it's just uh, almost perfection in terms of a, a piece of a piece of music. So I'll just go with, I'll just leave, I'll do the mic drop thing and just go with the Joshua Tree. There you go. One of the greatest album, in my opinion, by an Irish, an Irish act. And, and it was between, for Matt, it was between Joshua Tree and Achtung Baby for me. And mm. Achtung Baby, I didn't see Joshua Tree, but I saw the Achtung Baby tour and from Zoo Station all the way through to, um, you know, The Fly, which was, I, I just remember, it's it's all, when a band can put out an album and when you can go from Joshua Tree and then you had the Rattlin' Home album and then you come out with something completely different with their, their, their single, The Fly, when it first came out, mm. I went, what is this? I, di- I didn't like it when it first came out. It wasn't classic U2. And then you get used to it and, and you know, even better than the real thing. Mm. It just, it just took it in a, it just took it in a different, uh, took you two in a, just a different direction. And then the live show to me. So the whole package of Achtung Baby and Zuropa tour, just, I can't go back past that. But, but we, we are leaving out, you know, there's albums like Astral Weeks by, Va, you know, Van Morrison, who obviously yep. is a, a, you know, an iconic Irish, um, artist live and mm. dangerous yep um i i have to say thin lizzy were always one of those great bands where their live album live life uh which was the which was the farewell double uh double gatefold album that i bought but mm. in fairness thin lizzy studio albums were patchy mm. you know there 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 was no there's you know people would maybe talk about the jailbreak album but but their studio output was very patchy. So as much as they're they're probably my favourite Irish band and most of most of the band members would be on my best of list from mm. a best album perspective, I Thin Lizzy just just don't quite make it for me. So Josh Okay. Yeah, good shout, Joshua Tree. Well, there you go. So that was our look at the best of Irish. There you go. Which I enjoyed. It's good. It was good, yes. I think it must be my 164th Irishness made me enjoy that even more. Excellent. I'm going to go and have a pint of Guinness to celebrate. Right. So that brings us to (laughs) part of the show that everyone looks forward to. Hopefully they don't fast forward to this bit. But if you have, go back. Go back and listen to everything else. It was good. Trust me. It's how I read. It's how I write. It's how I read a book at the moment. I always go and I, 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 no, I go and read my favourite bits first and then go back and start oh. it. <laughs> Brian, we need to have a talk. I know, I'm reading. sorry. I'm sorry. You know. Sorry. I know you get up with that colouring book, by the way. That's Thin Lizzy colouring book. Well, you're, I have to say, you're coming up to mine quite soon, so I'm going to have to get cracking mm. on with it, aren't I? I'm not going to do a colouring book inspection. <laughs> Don't worry. Gee. We're going to be, uh, we're going to do, do a tour of Edinburgh. Looking forward to it. Yes. Anyway, we'll talk about that nearer the time. Exactly. So, um, are you ready? I am indeed. 
Hidden Gem Time. In fact, I had uh, someone send me their version of Hidden Gem Time recently. Very nice. Thanks, Lola. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> One of our younger listeners sent me her, her version of her singing Hidden Gem Time. Much better than mine, actually. Lovely voice, Lola. Hidden Gem Time. <laughs> Um, anyway, I was hit. Well, it is hidden gem time. What have you got for us, Brian? I'm, I'm, I'm gutters. I was. Do you know what I was half expecting? Mm. I was half expecting like river dance, right? You know. Yeah, I think about it. I've got my violin over here, and I've got my bodhran tattoo. In fact, this I have actually got. Is this? This is what I would call. Just bring it out very carefully. There you go. Is that? Not everyone can see it, of course. That is my... Is that a bodron or it's just a drum? Anyway, it looks a bit bodrony. It's a bodrony. <laughs> it's a boring. Can't stop now. I started. Right. You do know that's, gone, this- you do know that's gone in the video club. <laughs> that's fine. That's what it's here for. That's what it's here for. Visual effects. Right. Right. So, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll stop now. Right, I'll put it down. So, my hidden gem time... Mm. And I've put a little bit of thought into this. Have you? Makes yeah. a change. It makes a change, exactly. <laughs> usually it's usually it's run run to my CD collection ten minutes before the show and go Absolutely. Pick, pick an album that nobody else likes in the world apart from me. Um so my hidden gem is this person is probably one of the most iconic guitar players um of his generation, if not all time. Mm-hmm. So um, 19th of March, 1982, Randy Rhodes passed away. So um, I was, there's been a lot of outpouring. So it's 40 years since since Randy passed away um, this month in March. And for a lot of people, he was, you know, we've just been talking, we've been talking just about some amazing guitar players now in Ireland. And if you were to, t- if, you know, Randy Rhodes for a lot of people is up there. And obviously we talked about Bernie Tormey re- replacing him in the, the Ozzy Osbourne mm. band. So um, my hidden gem for for this episode, Matt, is I'm going with the only live recording that um, Randy Rhodes put out with the Ozzy Osbourne band, which is the album Tribute, um, re- recorded, um, recorded on tour. Um there's some sweet outtakes on the live um, on the live show as well uh, on the live album. Um, there's a lovely um, uh, there's a lovely classical acoustic piece, um, which is which was an outtake of a, a little a little song called D, which Randy yeah. had dedicated to his mum. That's right. And and you hear you hear him very quietly chatting in the studio. It's like, it's, it's outtakes and it's, it's live and he's playing it. So, um, my hidden gem for, uh, for this episode is the Ozzy Osbourne album tribute, which features the wonderful Randy Rhodes who passed away 40 years ago this month. Oh, that's very good. Very good. Mm. Um, yeah, very nice, Brian. Nice, nice to remember Randy Rhodes, of course, as you say, sadly, sadly lost a, very young age. Yeah. Um, who knows what his career would have been? An absolutely amazing guitarist. And, and uh, but that's nice. Very good. Um, and you, your hidden gem. Well, I think I've got you to thank for this, actually, in a roundabout sort of way. So I'm going with an album by a, an, an amazing singer. You and I have seen him. 
you may not realise that we've seen him, but we have seen him. <laughs> it's an album by uh, a singer called Jorn Lander. Now, Jorn Lander is um, he's he's quite prolific. He's been uh, he's from um, he's from uh, Scandinavia, yeah, and um, particularly he is from Norway, which is kind of the bedrock of rock and metal. But Jorn Lander is, a, as I say, an amazing singer. Um, been around for a long time, and this album he put out in two thousand and seven yeah. is called Live in America. Now. Um, the reason I bring it up is uh, he's done his own, he's got his own songs on there. Um, but he also does some absolutely amazing covers. And um, we were talking about Thin Lizzy earlier and uh, Vivian Campbell in the context of Dio. And this album features covers of Are You Ready and Cold Sweat by Thin Lizzy, uh, Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple, as well as um, Lonely is the Word from the sort of Dio era Sabbath. Yeah. But also, I think the highlight of the album is the White Snake, White Snake medley, <laughs> which I think you introduced me to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we can find it and put it on the playlist, um, it's just it's just incredible how much he sounds like uh early 80s, David Coverdale. He does come on, Sweet Talker, Crying in the Rain, and Here I Go Again and give me all your love and just uh, amazing. I mean, amazing, amazing musicianship from the band. Great singing from Jorn Lander. Um, do you remember when we saw him, Brian? We, we saw him mm. um, as part of the, he was one of the vocalists uh, for the Heaven and Hell Dio tribute. Correct. With, yeah, with Glenn. Uh, Glenn was doing some of the vocals and then Jorn Lander came out and did, uh, yeah, he, uh, he sang, do, but do you remember, do you remember, I've got photographs of this as well too. Do you, do, yeah. Do you remember Phil Anselmo from Pantera? I do. <laughs> yes. I have, there actually is, I have personal pictures of Phil Anselmo sort of coming, try, you know, I don't know whether he was invited or not. He's, he was mm. obviously, he was backstage, but I don't think Phil could help himself when they were, when they were, when Glenn was singing and I, and, and Phil's kind of coming on and wanting to do gang vocals and, and whatever. Mm. But, but Jorn Landa did, um, uh, he was fantastic. I'm almost certain, um, that Jorn, Jorn Landa, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, about Jorn doing the, the medley or the white mm. snake medley. Um, you remember in the late night, uh, mid to to late nineties, there was various incarnations of the old white snake. So mm. not not with David, no. um, but you had Mickey Moody and Bernie Marsden got together, and they actually had a band, and they were just called the Snakes. That's right. Yeah, and Jorn Jorn uh, sang lead vocals on that, and then the Company of Snakes right. uh, came together, and I've got a few of their albums, and they had Robert Hart who mm. uh, sang in Bad Company. Um, That's right. Yeah, and then they ended up being M3 with Stefan Berg uh, 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 Bergeron uh, on vocals, and they did a live album. But Jorn, out of all of them, for me, vocally-wise, suited the the, uh, the the classic Whitesnake stuff. That's a great hidden gem. Yeah, there you go. I thought you'd like it. There yeah, you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so Live in America by Jorn Lender. Oh, ho hopefully there's some stuff in Spotify for that one. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. 
So that was um, that was episode. Um, what was that episode? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Blimey, I'm getting through them, Brian. <laughs> Only two and a half million to go. <laughs> so, um, as always, thank you everyone for listening. Please leave a message on Facebook. Oh, what I was going to say was, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you use that version. Say hello on Twitter at FTAT Pod, or obviously on Facebook. You can find us at their own page. We've also got our own YouTube channel, haven't we, Brian? World yeah. Domination. Yeah, exactly. The next. TikTok. Where the next. We'll have to do TikTok. Well, we, are, we are going to bring out the old uh, fragrances, of course, and we've got to start working on those. Yeah. And the uh, and the fashion line, exactly. which are basically just be black she- black t-shirts and jeans, as we mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but that's what, more to come on that. In- Thank you, everybody, for uh, for dialing into the show. Please subscribe. Um, we will see you all next time. Hello, is that the show? I'm just dialing in. <laughs> <laughs> but or or again. or 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 um if you know our our handle our handle on cb radio <laughs> uh, i remember that episode where you called me out yes um yeah thanks everybody for listening we will speak to everybody soon on episode 29 where my year in rock is 1993 hopefully it's a good one and uh, I think it will be. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I was, I, I, I just finished university. So, you know, I had lots of free time in my hands. So I was listening to loads of stuff. Anyway, we'll get to that next show. Take care, everybody. See you all soon. Rock on next time. Bye. Bye bye. For those about to pod, We Salute You is a Maylie Rogers media production. <laughs> <laughs>